So today was one of those days where I started putting my sermon together. And the more and more it was coming together, the more and more I realized that I needed to turn this sermon into a full series because there was just so much to talk about that there was no way I was going to be able to do it in a half hour. So with that as the background, today I want to start a new series talking about the power of our words because words are very powerful. They're very influential and they can make or break entire kingdoms, entire countries. That's how powerful they are. And scripture has a lot to say about the way that we talk and the things that we say and the things that we are not supposed to say. And, and it really covers such a broad topic of our words in various different areas. There's so many different passages, different verses that have to do with the things that we say that I realized I needed to just spend some time with each of these passages rather than trying to just clump them all together and, and get through it really fast. Um, but it really is no question that scripture talks so much about words because we understand that God wants to do a work in our hearts and that through that work in our hearts that it's going to affect the life that we live, right? It's going to affect our actions. And words are kind of this connecting factor between our hearts and our actions, that we speak things because we believe them in our hearts. And we talk about the things that we are doing, the things we want to do, the things that we have done. And oftentimes, the more and more we talk about something, the more likely we are to follow through on those words with our actions. So we see this connection with our words, between our hearts and our actions, which are those areas where God wants to do a work in us, that he wants to transform our hearts that leads to us having a reformed life. So with that in mind, I want to begin our discussion today in this area of how tightly connected our words are with our hearts. And so our main passage today is going to be Matthew chapter 12, beginning at verse 33. And in this passage, Jesus has just cast out a demon from someone. And of course, the Pharisees are there and they find some way to make an accusation against Jesus, saying that it's because of Satan's power that he's driving out demons, which really makes no sense. But, you know, they were kind of grasping for straws in their attempt to attack Jesus. So let's begin reading here at verse 33, where Jesus is addressing the Pharisees. He says to them, make a tree good and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. So Jesus in this passage makes a statement that many people are familiar with that have grown up in church, that the mouth speaks 
what the heart is full of, or out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we want to begin by recognizing that the words that we speak are not in a vacuum. They aren't disconnected from us, but they come out of what is already within us. That we are speaking about the things that we believe, we speak about the things that are personal to us, the things that we care about, the things that we're focused on, our speech is going to be reflective of what's in our heart, which is all the more reason why we need to have our hearts in the right place with God, so that those things that are coming up out of our mouths and out of our hearts are good, that it's coming out good from our mouths because it's coming out of the goodness that is in our hearts. Now, the other thing that is really beneficial for us as we recognize this connection between our heart and our mouths is what that can allow us to do is to listen to the words that come out of our own mouths and reflect upon those words in order to give us an insight into the condition of our own heart. You see, we can listen to the things we tell people, the things that we talk about, and the ways that we talk about them. And just like how Scripture talks about taking every thought captive and making sure that it's pleasing to God, we want to do that same thing with our words, of listening to the words as they come out of our mouth to help determine whether or not they are pleasing to God, to show us whether or not our hearts are pleasing to God with the condition that they are in. Because again, they are not disconnected from each other. They are reflective of each other. You can understand and hear a person's motivations and their focus and their desires by listening to their words. And if we can do that with other people, why can't we do that with ourselves as well? Sometimes we may surprise ourselves where we think we believe one thing or we think we're focused on one area or another. But as we begin to listen to the things we talk about, we might discover that what we talk about and how we talk about those things is a lot different than what we thought we believed. And if we're not paying attention to our words, we may actually deceive ourselves into thinking we believe something that our words are not reflective of. But we know that words can be used to gain insight into the heart. After all, that's one of the main reasons why we read the Bible in the first place, right? Because we want to understand who God is. We want to know him on a personal level. We want to understand his heart, understand his motivations and his goals. And because of that, we read his words in the Bible. We read what he has said and what he does. And through our reflection of those things, we gain a greater understanding into who God is. And also when we do that, we're making sure that we're not just reading one or two passages of Scripture. That we aren't just focused on some of the words that God has spoken, but all that he has spoken in order to give us a broader understanding of who God is. So we take that same principle, we take that same course of action, and we apply it to our own lives. 
where we look at our words and not just the choice words, right? Not just our favorite things that we have said, not just our highlight reels, not just our best moments, but what are we speaking as a whole and all parts of all days and with all peoples? What are we saying? Because as we listen to that, we will begin to see the true condition of our hearts. So we want to watch our words carefully. And if you're thinking that that sounds like a lot of effort, and why would you want to take the time to do that and reflect on your own words? Well, the reasoning is also given by Jesus in this passage, where he says that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. So we're going to be held accountable for our words, and not just what we say and what we don't say, because we can say the right things, we can give the right answers, but still have them ring hollow, and still have those words be empty. So even if we give the right answer, right, we say the right thing, well, if it's not reflective of what we actually believe, God knows that. And most of the time, other people can tell as well if we're saying one thing, but what we believe is different, or the way that we live our life is different than what we are saying. See, God isn't just looking for somebody to have a call and response with. He's looking for someone who speaks words of truth from their heart, not just giving the right answers. You see, speaking truth is not enough if we don't follow it as well. If we give the right answers, but those truths, that righteousness, is not reflective in our life, then those are empty words. They mean nothing, and they fall flat on deaf ears. Because why would anybody listen to what we're saying when our own lives are not reflective of what it is that we are preaching? This is why James talks about, in his book of the Bible, why it's so important that we do the things that Scripture tells us to do. In James chapter 1, beginning at verse 22, it says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So James is emphasizing here, not just knowing what the Bible says, or even being able to repeat what the Bible says, but making sure that our lives are reflective of what the Bible says, that we are putting what we are learning and what God is calling us to into practice in our day-to-day -day lives. Not just in the ideal of circumstances, but in all circumstances. But if we're not doing that, and we're going out and preaching the Word of God anyways and telling other people that they need to be following God, when we're not then our words are going to be empty. They'll have no substance to them. And to use 
this analogy that Jesus is using in Matthew about a good tree bearing good fruit. We might say, well, I'm not bearing bad fruit, right? I'm not going out and doing bad and evil and selfish and terrible things. But just because you're not bearing bad fruit doesn't automatically mean that you are producing good fruit. In fact, fruit can look good from the outside and still be rotten. Have you ever gone to pick an apple from a tree and it looks great? It's just a nice, big, red, juicy apple, and you pluck it down from the tree, and you turn it around only to discover that half of the apple has been eaten away from bugs. And there's barely any apple there, but it looked great from that certain angle, didn't it? It looked like a delicious apple. But upon closer inspection, you found that there was really no substance to that apple at all. And we're actually going to get more into, later on, the importance for our words to have substance. But again, this begins with our hearts. And if we give the right answers, we speak the truth, but it's not reflective in our own hearts, in how we live and what we believe, then those words are just going to are going to be exactly like that eaten out rotten apple. And that's not going to be helpful for anyone. And so we need to do like the old saying goes and practice what we preach. That we aren't just telling other people how to live or telling other people what God's word says, but making sure that we apply it to our lives as well, because God will hold us accountable on the day of judgment for every empty word that we have spoken. And he then goes on in this passage with a continuation of that warning, saying, For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Now this is a very powerful saying. This is something that we need to take seriously. This idea that Jesus has spoken that our words can condemn us. Just like how our words will acquit us, our words will also condemn us, right? So consider this. Salvation, right? Receiving forgiveness for our sins. How does that happen? Well, the Bible tells us that it happens that as we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So salvation comes through confession of the mouth. And then on the other end of that spectrum, what about the one sin that the Bible says is unforgivable? In fact, it's what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 12, just before this passage. That the sin that will not be forgiven is blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. Speaking against the Holy Spirit. So we see salvation coming through confession of mouth. And we see an unforgivable sin happening also through the words of our mouth. Now, I don't want to get too deep into the idea of whether or not once saved, always saved is, is true and, and the arguments for and against that. But what I really want to highlight from this is that our words are so much more than just words. They have weight to them. They can be powerful blessings, or they can bring drastic consequences 
into your life. The old saying, you know, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Yeah, nobody believes that, right? <laughs> nobody believes that anymore. Words do hurt, and words heal. They have the power of both, and that's another thing that we're going to talk about later on, right? See how I would have liked to condense this all into one sermon, but there's just no way to do that? So we'll talk more into how words can bring life or death, but either way, they have an incredible amount of weight to them. They can bring life or they can bring death. There's so much more than just words. There's so much more than just sounds and noises that we make. They have meaning and they can bring consequences as well. Our words can have an incredible impact in the world around us, both for good or for evil. And we need to take them seriously. So before I move on, I want you to think just for a second, right? Pause this if you need to, but I want you to take some time and think about things that people have said to you that you will never forget. It could be a positive thing or it could be a negative thing, but I want you to pause this for a second and to think about some of those things that have been said to you in your life that you will never forget. Think about those things. You see, words are so much more than just words. They have weight to them. And that weight that you feel of the words that have been spoken to you, you need to realize that your words can have that same weight to others. Don't take them lightly. Don't brush them off. Treat it with all seriousness. Consider seriously the weight of your words and what you are going to do with them. What are you going to do with that weight? What are you going to do with that potential for both great blessing and healing or great destruction? How will you wield your words. Now, I often talk about the importance of letting God not only be our Savior, but also be our Lord, right? We're giving him authority over our life. We're letting him guide us and direct our lives. And I want to take that concept and for today, scale it down a little bit in this way, that I want you to ask this question, that if you were to give control of your speech to God, what would he change? If God had complete and total control over what you said and how you said it, what would he change? Because if you're giving him authority and control over your life, that includes the words that you speak. So I want you to spend some time in prayer this week. And ask God that question. God, if you were to change the way that I talk, the things that I talk about, and the way that I talk about them, what would you change? And let God, just like the potter molding that clay, let God mold you and mold your words. Mold your heart so that good words can come out of your heart. right? Because it's not just the words, right? It has to come from the heart. 
otherwise they're empty. But let God mold your heart and mold the way that you speak as a result of that change in your heart to better reflect who he is rather than who you have been. You must decrease so that he can increase. And that's today's Sermon in the Pocket. As always, if you have any comments or questions for me, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me either through the Sermon in the Pocket Facebook page, or you can email me directly at sermoninthepocket at gmail.com. And I hope that you come back next week as we continue this series, and that also you'll share this with other people so that they can take part in this discussion as well. But until next time, I pray that God will bless you wherever you are, that he will keep you in his arms, he will continue to call you closer to him, and I also thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you.